Thank you for joining us on another episode of We Watched Watchmen. This is the Comics Pals podcast where we cover the HBO Watchmen television series. This is episode 7 of our show, which means we are covering episode 7 of the Watchmen TV series. And we have a full house today. Uh, I'm joined by Kale, who normally is with me. It is crowded as fuck in here, and I don't like it. Also, Marco. Special guest! Nope. Oh, God. And the real special guest. (laughs) Hashtag, she was right. Jess is back. And Jess, can you tell the people why you are back? Uh, Literally because I was right. I left (laughs) just enough time that my my major theory came to be. So now I, I need to be here to revel in this moment. Getting that hashtag, there's nothing <laughs> nothing better. I've I've had that once or twice in the history of the Comics Palace. Hashtag Kale was right. And I gotta say, it's a good feeling. Yeah, it's it's real nice. So since you were indeed right, I will give you the honor of letting the people know what exactly it was that you were right about. And by the way, massive spoilers ahead. If for some reason you're not watching the show, tune out. Can I say <laughs> real quick? This morning, I had it spoiled for me uh, on an Esquire article Rough. in the goddamn Apple News app. Oh, that is furious. insane! And it only comes out Sunday. The right? ni- yeah, the night before. Oh. Literally, it came out wow. last night, and I got it spoiled. Are you goddamn kidding me? <laughs> I fucking hate the internet. This is bullshit. Turn off those notifications. It wasn't even on a notification. Like yeah, it was an Esquire article. That's crazy. Go for it, Jess. So the big reveal was that Dr. Manhattan is indeed walking the earth in a human suit. And that human suit is the husband of Sister Night, Cal. Yes. Mind-blowing. I know. What? What? At what point did you guys realize? When she said accident. Yes, me when, too. When Shido said, when Shido said accident, I'm like, what do you mean? You remember before? Suspicious. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. only yeah, the only reason I put that together is because they reminded us of that earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When when they mentioned the accident, I was like, oh, oh man, yeah, okay, something's going on with Cal, and it probably involves Doctor Manhattan somehow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And then when Angela was rushing back home, I thought, okay, so Dr. Manhattan is either Cal or the kid. Because remember, she has a weird kid. Mm-hmm. That was my guess, which he's, he's the weird kid. So, yeah, but it ended up being Cal. And we talked on this podcast. Jess was specifically right, like 100% accurate. <laughs> but even outside of that, we had discussed how, you know, Cal was underutilized. It was a little bit weird that they cast an actor of his caliber to mm-hmm. sort of just, mm-hmm. you know, play this, like, you know, smaller role, mm-hmm. and obviously now we know it wasn't small at all. <laughs> uh, very, very exciting. Th- but that wasn't the only thing that happened this episode. It really felt like this was where yeah. everything started to come together in a yep. lot of ways. Yeah. What was what was everyone's favorite moment? If if you had one, if it wasn't the Doctor Manhattan reveal, I mean, if it was, you can say that too. Whatever. I I think I think I had two. I really like the Ozymandia stuff. Yeah. In this episode. Yeah. See, I I think the weird is just getting 
cranked up higher and higher with the Ozzy Mandia <laughs> stuff. And you're just like, what is happening? I'm not sure if how I should be feeling at this. This is so weird. Well, that's why I like it. Uh, but I also liked um, when June comes to pick up Angela in Saigon. I don't like how it ended, hmm. yeah. but I do like that. I do like that moment. Because I, um, spe- very specifically, I had this visceral memory of uh, when she's putting Angela in the car and she leans over to uh, buckle her seatbelt in the back seat. As that happened, I had this visceral memory of my grandparents doing that for me. And I went, oh, holy cow, wow. And the bad stuff. <laughs> she just died. She had a heart attack. Yeah, Angela had a rough up, a rough life. Yeah. I, I legitimately, I was like, okay, all right. This doesn't line up with what we know, but you know what? Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah. I was sort of like, well, we know that she lives in Saigon until, mm-hmm. you know, her early adulthood. So I was like, oh, something's going to happen. It's not going to go well. <laughs> and but it I, didn't. I didn't. I didn't know they would straight on just make her drop dead yeah. before she even got in the car. Like, yeah. poor June. Yeah. Um, Jess, was your favorite moment just the, the reveal or? I, you know what? I don't actually think so. I think because I predicted it, I was there was a little moment of excitement that I got it right, but I was like, "Huh, I got it right." Weird. Um, <laughs> I like I like being surprised by things. So one thing I really liked actually is um, the the daughter. I've forgotten her name. Bian. Yes. Um, who is actually the mother, <laughs> and she has these weird dreams because she's just a clone. Like, okay, sure, cool, fine. <laughs> I I really liked that actually. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, that was that was also my favorite. That was probably my favorite moment where you get the reveal that Beyond is also some like weird, screwed up experiment to to whatever degree. Because mm-hmm. um, it also makes her more interesting, and then you want to learn more about whatever is going on. And um, mm-hmm. f- for me, this episode there were a lot of good moments. But I think this was, in my opinion, the weakest of all the episodes mm. outside oh. of the reveal. I interesting. I did not enjoy this episode as much as I, as much as I had been some of the other mm-hmm. single character arcs. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't fully agree with you on that, but I do think there was a certain point, probably around episode. Th- three or four where it's sort of like plateaued like i feel like the first three or four we were getting just every second was just a punch in the face of something crazy happening Mm. this is still happening but now they're doing a lot more explaining that it feels like it's slowed down just a little bit and it's sort of like leveled off yeah i think for me i think that hit last episode Mm. Mm. and i think i I think that's sort of why i I wasn't as crazy about yeah um the uh the hooded justice yeah like it's all still really interesting and really good but the the pace is certainly slowed down quite a lot i think i think i think the i definitely agree the pace is definitely slowed down but the other i think you're right that maybe for me i finally reached that like plateau point for me where maybe i'm just like hungry for answers now and and the show Mm -hmm. hasn't been really it just keeps throwing things at the wall that i i'm 
we're not fully piecing together yet. I don't know, man. Yeah, I I don't know because we kind of talked about this last time I was on, but this show does give you the answers. Like it doesn't draw it out over the whole season. Generally, you get an answer or seventy percent of an answer where you make up the rest of it yourself within an episode or two, where you can go to the next episode. And yeah feel accomplished and then get another question this particular episode i think was shocking because it it, for me personally it gave us it gave me way more than i expected to get Mm. on in an episode seven of nine you know like Mm. the the dr manhattan reveal i i was i was on record as saying i didn't think he would appear on the show Mm. but if he was going to i figure it'd be in the last episode or maybe eight leading into nine i didn't think we'd get that in seven that's a that's that's really the fact that they did it that way added to the shock value because I could have expected it and, and anticipated it if it was a later episode. So mm-hmm. I really appreciated that. And I, I got to say, like, for me, this has been such an incredible ride from start to finish. And I haven't really felt that lull. Yeah. Um, the way that, I, you know, you guys have, have mm-hmm. had your ebbs and flows with the show. For me personally, I've been high on it the entire time. Mm-hmm. But. With this episode in particular, it it really felt as though um, it, it, it's 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 amazing because there have been all these questions and then there have been these answers, but then this episode says, "Okay, well now not only are we going to give you major answers, but we're also going to bring up even more major yeah. questions." Yeah. And it's just this intensity rising, mm-hmm. and it's just so amazing. Yeah, um, that's that's why it's good though. I think it gives you enough to be satisfied, but it keeps you hooked on. There's there's always more questions, and there's always more things you need to find out next. Speaking to that, I think my favorite scene that wasn't the Doctor Manhattan reveal was actually the one with Laurie and yes. uh, Judd's wife Jane. Oh yeah, well, I actually forgot that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I know there was so much in this episode, uh, but I I really loved that scene because. Laurie has been my favorite or second favorite character ever since she came into the picture. And there was so much at play in this sequence. And I'm really curious as to how you guys read it. Did you guys think that Laurie was aware that Jane was not only uh, knowledgeable of Judd's, you know, white supremacy, but that she was also involved? Or do you think Laurie actually got played? I think I think she went there with that suspicion. Yep. But I don't think she went there like to out her. Well, I don't think she went there to with the expectation that it was going to be full on. Yeah, I think she was fully aware. I think she knew pretty much everything that was going on, but she didn't she expected to play the game. Mm. That that Judd's wife would deny it and they'd play the cat and mouse chase, which is what we expect to do as audience. Like, that's how that trope plays out. Right. And so they they flipped it on its head that she's just like, yeah, cool. I'm not some regular supervillain. And I really, really like that. But you see the way Laurie goes in, Mm. that... She see she demures a little bit, and she doesn't speak like that normally. Mm-hmm. Like she normally has a lot of swears in. She normally talks aggressively. She played the game that she was going in, and she she was just like she was direct, but she was 
not timid, but she stepped on it lightly rather than yeah. her usual way of addressing things. And and that was kind of my thing about that scene was like the whole time I was like, why is she dropping all of this? Mm. And yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it was she was preparing to play the game and and the reason i say i think she went in with a suspicion is because i i th- i think she went in to play the game and she expected joan to just be like oh uh, yeah my husband's just a casual racist not he's the head of a, a global you know white yeah. supremacist organization i actually think that lori knew everything and that she wanted to be captured Mm. the reason i feel that way is because since the first time she appeared there hasn't been anything she hasn't known Mm -hmm. she's figured out everything she's pieced everything together she's always right Mm -hmm. um and every situation that she goes into she's in control of Mm -hmm. and i hearken back to the uh, to the conversation she had with looking glass where she lures him into this conversation that's very oh you know how did you end up here? And you know, you're you're what? What do you do for work outside of this? You know, what's your cover story? Blah blah blah. And he thinks it's this normal conversation. And then she's like, "Oh, by the way, what pills?" You know, like she just slips it in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's very much her style, and I felt this was reflective of that in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. She did a similar thing with Angela. So, for me, I read this as she knew that Jane was 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 hip. She knew about Judd. And she wanted to get captured because she needed to see how far this really went. How high up this whole deal goes. And now she's, you know, she's at the foot of the master. She's right in the middle of things with Keen. And, you know, I don't know how it's going to resolve, but she has an opportunity to stop this whole thing. Do you think that she, in her mind, is still a hero? That's a good question. That's a good question. So when you say that, a, a few different things pop up into my mind. Like, is she a hero in the sense of, you know, when she was Silk Spectre? Mm-hmm. Or is she a hero in the sense of doing the right thing, you know? And I think she would look at it as she's doing the right thing, what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe when she was Silk Spectre, those lines were blurred a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, there is a part of her that holds on to that sure. time because of that that pop art she has on her wall of them all as heroes in the I think too I think it's uh, she's also a bit jaded about it too yeah well wouldn't you be if you know that vigilanteism is now a massive crime and she also captures it was a crime it was a crime when they were doing it in in the book too yeah 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 Uh, specifically I think she's jaded because of the our connection to the comedian and, Mm -hmm. and the way that all that went down Mm -hmm. marco what's your read there i mean she's not swamp thing so she's not a real hero technically yeah right but like i don't know i mean she she definitely is to the extent that she wants to do the right thing and that's what led her into law enforcement versus continuing as a vigilante and i think there's there's a there's a part of her that wants to be a hero within the bounds that she's allowed to because she's put the mass heroism behind her and is 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 sort of an ugly mark on on her history and so 
I, I, I'll say yes because she's still out there to do to serve what she thinks is the right thing. I, I I'll say this, and and this this probably isn't even a thing that we have to think about, but I'd be really disappointed if she were to suit up. Like yeah. if there came yeah. a, a time Actually, where she, yeah, I would yeah. yeah. I I wouldn't want to see an old lady in that costume anyway. Uh, <laughs> Damn. Excuse me. Come on. No, I was literally just about to say how badass it is that you can see an older woman being a hero without having to put on a tiny ridiculous suit, and then that's, you come ramming in that, with that tank. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it would be a disappointment to see an old lady in that suit. Mm, not for any sexist reasons at all. It's involved. <laughs> wow. All right. Moving on. So with so now we know that that Doctor Manhattan is in the picture on some level. We don't know to what extent he'll be involved. But I think that now the inclusion of Laurie in this show is actually a lot more interesting mm-hmm. because now Laurie and John are in the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that being Tulsa. So do you guys think that we get? through this season without an interaction between them? Well, Dr. Manhattan and Laurie are always in the same place in the same time to me, Dr. Manhattan. I'm always with Laurie, and also Angela, and also the other lady I was with in 1956 at the Gila Flats. I'm Dr. Manhattan. What was her name again? I I don't remember. I'm, I'm trying to think myself. Yeah, I don't recall. But yeah, do you guys think they'll have an interaction this this season? Oh, they gotta, yeah, yeah. right. They They're should. They gotta. No, bound to absolutely. I mean, even if it's just to have him in the same room with Angela and Laurie, for them to be like the massive blue dong, right? <laughs> Eskimo sisters. Jeez, you are just throwing them out today. Yeah, right. That was the one tinge of disappointment that I had. Towards the end, when I, when I realized, oh, so Angela's in love with John, not Cal. Like, I don't want this to become a whole love triangle thing or, you know, deep down Angela's just, you know, in love with Dr. Manhattan and it's all about him. Like, I don't, I don't want that story. I can't, I can't imagine Lori is still in love with Manhattan. Uh, she, she. She calls and tells him jokes, right? Like, that was the hope. But the end of that joke is God's gonna die. Like, I don't think I don't think that's a love phone call. Why are you talking about Laurie? We were talking about Angela. Because Sean mentioned the triangle. Oh, right. Um, I was... Sean, did you mean the triangle between Dr. Manhattan, Cal, and Angela? Or oh. Laurie? I meant, I meant Laurie, but I'm not saying, like... I'm saying like I don't want there to be like oh you're the old girlfriend I don't like you because we they already had beef mm-hmm. yeah so I don't want their beef to then become about him I want if they're gonna have issues about a guy yeah exactly let it be between them or they should just team up like they should team up they're heroes mm-hmm. they should be you know allies and Doctor Manhattan can be on the show but I just don't want it to become about everyone loves him and hates each other for him. Mm-hmm. polyamory is the future if betty veronica and archie can make it work <laughs> so can dr manhattan angela abar and laurie blake i've said this for years <laughs> about angela you've said yeah. it for years yeah for years <laughs> bringing cal 
as the other end of that triangle, though, um, the triangle being this other triangle being Angela, Dr. Manhattan and Cal. I I think as far as that goes, like, I think we're just going to have to wait and see as to what Angela and Cal's relationship was before Manhattan came into the picture. However, that happened uh, by the by. So in PDpedia this week, we see Calvin's medical charts from Saigon when he has his accident. And he is brought in by Angela. Angela. And basically, it seems like she does all the talking uh, for for him. He's got like a uh, a minor contusion, I think it says. He's confused. He's confused. Um, it says it, it says it might be a a, a, a bicycle accident. Mm. But my 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 curiosity here is whether or not Cal and Angela knew each other before Manhattan, and if this this accident brought them together do you think cal existed before dr manhattan yeah yeah i think i actually think jess is more is closer to what i at least thought the show was putting down Mm -hmm. which is that cal was not cal was an identity that was built upon later like dr manhattan was hidden in his body cal was a cal's a person he was a person, but we have no knowledge and probably will never have knowledge of what he was like. Yeah. And the, see, the person see, that I'm he... Go ahead. thinking even further afield from this because of how weird this show is and that Dr. Manhattan can create matter from anything. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's a created body. I don't think Cal was ever a person. I don't think it's a human suit. I think that is a shell that has been created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... But I don't know. We'll we'll have to see the way the way she, and this was really horrible that she like chipped open his head and like it sort of it sounded a bit more like an egg cracking to yeah. me. Yeah, 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 it did. Like, so I I don't know. I I don't know why I'm so convinced of that, but I think it was a. It, he was never a person. I I'm I'm definitely right there. I definitely think he he created the the now being that we knew as Cal and was somehow I don't know just put in there um because we've seen we, there's precedent where precedent where you can see that uh, Adrian has takes these little babies out of a pond and just grows them pops them out and then over time they just start to become these people so there's that you can definitely see that it's a possibility so that that immediately led me to to think he just created this person and the the first incidence of his actual being was that accident. So the only issue that I see with that theory is this medical report that would have to be fabricated in order for that to work. Not that it can't be fabricated, but it does have some things in it that, um, so it says that he had, he was circumcised, which listen, it's Dr. Manhattan. You see his dong all day. Well, he he wasn't. He was. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And that he had a tonsillectomy, which I guess is when you get your tonsils removed. Yeah. So he didn't have tonsils. So that 
that's a medical history that makes me feel like he probably... No, but those aren't necessarily a history. Those are things that you can just see on someone's body. I mean, it says here, medical history. Yeah, but that would be a doctor just looking at somebody. Like, you don't have to... But why... You, You know what I mean? Like, you can just see that. You don't have to have a detailed report of every surgery they've ever had but if angela was doing all the talking then maybe she just said oh he's had this he's had yeah, that exactly she yeah. she can she can make it up for them and they, they don't necessarily have to check that it's a mm-hmm. tonsillectomy if what they're trying to do is save his life yep and don't forget too this is a new state that's been created mm-hmm. true so you can't imagine that but this is in 2009 well you have to register people what we see in the uh in angela's um flashbacks is 87 mm. and it was right. a state at that point too so it was still yeah it was still a new state at that point yes yeah. um the, the one other thing i'll say i'll say to sort of push back on on the cow as a created body is why would you why would a created body not have tonsils if that's a part of the body because you could make it not have tonsils yeah. But why? So you're just saying Dr. Manhattan doesn't know about tonsils? Well, I mean, maybe John didn't have tonsils and that's just how he sure. forms people. Well, that that we're going to we're going to have to wait a week to get a little more knowledge of this. But... <laughs> to why does he have tonsils? This is clearly <laughs> the biggest conversation we need to have. We get very in the weeds on this podcast about tonsils. But are we going to talk about the elephant in the room? Ha-ha! I think really? I wow. like the segue. You could do <laughs> I've my I've been job. running. God. Um, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about that entire set piece, actually, with Angela being, you know, in Lady True's uh, fortress. Um, you know, we know last week she was, you know, having these, the memories. Oh, was... <laughs> Sorry, I just totally put something together. So at the end of the episode, right, she she basically lays out what we understand as the plot, right? Mm. The uh, the bad guys are trying to make themselves Dr. Manhattan, and I am trying to save the world. This woman's name literally is goddamn Lady True. Mm. Welcome to the party. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> her, literally, her name is True. Yeah. Got it. Noticed that in episode mm-hmm. four. Mm-hmm. Her daughter's name is Beyond. Yes. You, your name is Kale. <laughs> okay, so I just put that together. I, I thought that would be a bigger. <laughs> so uh, she's in Lady True's fortress. She's been going through uh, what's the memory pills? What are they called? Nostalgia. Thank you. Uh, she's on this nostalgia trip. It's not going so great. They sent her to Lady True to save her life, but. Lady True is siphoning out the memories of uh, Will Reeves from Angela. And we all think, because we're led to believe, that she's actually connected to Will in another room. And, you know, these memories are coming out of her. Uh, and, and through this, this is how we get to see Angela's memories and her history. We referenced that a little bit earlier. Um, how her parents were, were killed in a terrorist attack. And her grandmother died of a heart attack, presumably. Uh, and she had this rough childhood. But when Angela actually gets out of this, you know, this state and gets up to go see her 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 grandfather, 
she sees that it's not her grandfather there at all, but literally an elephant in the room. Now, I have several wacky theories about this. But Please I, tell me because I have no idea what I the hell. really <laughs> don't even want to go first because what I have to say is Ooh, so I dumb. Have one. I have one. Go ahead, Marco. All right. So the elephants have a really good memory, right? That's oh, what I was going to say. An elephant so, never forgets. Right, and an elephant never forgets. So what they do is because it's so, like, uh, I guess porous, what they can do is absorb the memories, those false memories out that are re- rewiring the neural networks and then be able to just scrub it because mm. this elephant has enough memory. Mm. Okay, so that's about half of what I had. Okay. <laughs> so this theory is almost identical to what happens in the Marvel comic book series House and Powers of, uh, of X, where, in, in my mind, the elephant is like Cerebro and that the elephant can hold as many memories as they need it to hold and that they use the elephant to put the memories of other people into new bodies. That's how Lady True uh, got got her mother back. Use the cloned body and then put the memories into that body. And I bet that that has something to do with the river of, of clones clone fetuses that are flying around wherever Ozzy is. Oh, I wonder if that has anything to do with Cal then maybe, because if if you can fill artificial memories, what if Cal was a different person? They just filled, populated with, like, an empty husk essentially with somebody else's memories. Maybe that she knew. That's possible. We, we We need to know a little more about Lady True. I don't recall the when the nostalgia pills were created, but I think that the nostalgia pills are, are the critical piece of that, um, of, of how they're doing this. But anyway, that was my theory with that. And I don't know if it's right, but it's weird. <laughs> this is weird. But then how do they, so would they scrub out Will's memories or would they reinsert Angela's memories? And then how do they get Angela's memories? Angela never, never lost her memories. It's just that her mind was you know, invaded by Will's memories. And so they're sucking Will's memories out of her mind and putting them into the elephant. Oh, okay. Yeah, everything we saw from Angela was Angela's mind sort of reconstituting itself. Okay. Did anyone else have any theories or are we theoried out on that? No, that that sounds pretty plausible, actually. What was the name of the dialysis treatment? Was it something like pneumodialysis? Pneumatic. Nope. I I didn't grasp it. I just I just thought to look up the the prefix pneumo, and it has to do with air and the lungs. So whatever that does mm. for you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know. So yeah, but that was a major reveal too that Bian is actually Lady True's mom, and that was something that I had heavily referenced. Not necessarily that she was the mom, but that she wasn't. Mm-hmm. who she was supposed to be mm-hmm. um, because she had the memories of someone who had to have grown up during the Vietnam War and we know that Lady True is not old enough to have done that. Mm-hmm. So it had to be either that Lady True was a clone of herself or that Beyond was a clone of you know, her mother, her grandmother, something like that. I was really pleased with that reveal and I actually really enjoyed the Beyond character in general. She's really creepy Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm fascinated by the idea 
of a character who she's being implanted with the memories of someone else, but she's not quite that person right now, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's so they gave her the trauma of someone else. That's horrifying to think about. Yeah, she's like she's essentially growing up, developing her own personality, while another personality is simultaneously trying to rip that personality away, and like that's, basically replace it. It's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> It is, it is. It is insane. And going back to this this whole theme of generations and legacy and stuff, what a weird thing that Lady True's legacy is actually going backwards. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. it's not the future of the children, it's the past of the parents, which is also really, really interesting. And, and and that's been a prevalent theme of like look where we're looking back and taking what we've looked back at to be the the standard and therefore what should be held upon like on a pedestal right like like the, mm-hmm. the, the entire thing to what you're saying right was like legacy right mm-hmm. where you're looking back but not only are you looking back but you're trying to emulate it and imitate it rather than internalize and then innovate off of it which they are to some extent it's a whole yeah a whole theme of the show the show itself yeah we we've talked a lot about the generational trauma uh that this show has presented us with and here we have beyond who's a character who literally is that you know she's she's being invaded by from what we can tell nothing but trauma she has these nightmares of a of a life that she didn't live and i think about um you know this might sound weird, but I don't mean it to be weird. I think about like Holocaust survivors who pass these stories down upon their children and they grow up with these horrifying notions about what the world is like and what it can be. And that will, that changes you. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a really prevalent thing now. Like historians and sociologists have found that this is a thing. Like we're, we're on the grandchildren and great channel great-grandchildren of Holocaust survivors now, and they have the same... It's not the same level of trauma, but it's the same internalized fear and feelings about it. Mm. Um, I mean, look at look at Mouse, the graphic novel. Like yeah. That's just one generation of how, even though it took a long time for to get up to tell his... For his father to tell him about it, he still had the, the internal kind of struggle about it so it, it is definitely i think and it's a bit like i also like this theme in in watchmen about we hold on to the trauma we don't hold yes. on to the the nice memories like it's awful that she is implanting her daughter slash mother with just making her relive the worst moments of her life like it's crazy and and maybe it has some to, to that exact point um maybe it has something to to do with how people end up dealing with with the trauma it's like they they address the trauma of an event when they could potentially interact with or entertain and and, and otherwise like treat somebody with an otherwise positive memory or experience rather than focusing on the trauma and i think that was one of the the things i don't remember if it was in the tutorial video that they had played or if it was in one of the things that beyond had said where she she's like you know there's this there's this concept where focusing on the bad aspects is what has historically been 
our focus when we should be looking to the positive aspects of the past and working off those rather than mining on and digging into the the negative aspects that's historically been a motivator for human beings you know um that is that is in a lot of ways what does drive us day to day you know um the the strive for better because you are in a bad spot you know a lot of times the children of rich people who don't have problems you know they have they struggle to succeed because they don't have the knowledge of the worst to get to the best um and and you know human beings are very motivated by pain um and and in a lot of ways that does make up our identities and and who we who we are at our core and i think it's interesting that the show is exploring that partially because i never thought that's what it would be about yeah. but also because i've never really seen any any form of uh entertainment uh explore this in a real way um so i love the show for that like that among many other things but I think we should talk about the Millennium Clock and what the hell Lady True is doing. Yeah, that's where I tap out. Everybody's gonna turn into clones of each other. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I really, I don't want to think too hard about it because, right. I, like I said, I like to be surprised, and thinking about it hurts my brain. Also, <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder. I wonder if she. Is making that's I don't mind if she is um, building something to sort of cancel out what the Seventh Cavalry is trying to do. Like if they're messing with something with electromagnetism or whatever, I wonder if she's gonna broadcast the opposite effect or or something to sort of neutralize whatever it is they're doing on the electromagnetic spectrum. Some kind of EMP. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah. So the idea is that they're going to use the same intrinsic field that he built to kill him and then put someone else in it to then come out the same way he did? I don't know if they're going to kill him. They did say that. Right? Did they? Okay. Yeah. Keen said that. But to what end? To become. To become him. Yeah. But to what end? <laughs> to be God, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to have unlimited power. To yeah, to for racial superiority, like. Mm. So way back in, I think episode one, it was a throwaway line, maybe on the radio or on television, that the Russians were actually busy trying to recreate what created Doctor Manhattan, and that was a kernel that I was never able to let go of, and maybe I should have um, thought about it a little more. Because even if that's not going to be relevant, the specific, specifically the Russians, that was clearly a, a nod to what we could expect. That that they were going, someone was going to try to become Doctor Manhattan here on this show, and I, I like I don't really love that as an ultimate goal, just because I feel that in you know if 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 this really happened, right? If someone really stepped in an intrinsic field and became God, people would have been would have been trying that ever since. Hmm. And I've always looked at the Dr. Manhattan thing as like a one in a million freak accident that yeah. you just can't replicate. And so if it's possible and it works, I don't know if I really want that. Yeah. I don't think it will. I think I mean I think it's it's one of those things where, you know, 
these people will shoot for what they want, thinking they can, you know, get the better odds because, I mean, probably because they're white. Uh, but also, I, I can't, I don't remember if we talked about this or if I read this in a Polygon article. I I feel like there was a uh, a setback in technology at some point. I feel like I read about that somewhere. Yeah, like they still use analog versus digital. Yeah, like uh, when when the incident with the the squid monster happened, everyone sort of regressed technologically. And so things are just slightly different now, but not quite caught up to where they would be. But even so, they're more advanced than we are. I mean, they have cloning, right? Like they have memory well, pills. Well, a couple people tracks. are. A couple people are more advanced than we are. But they clone right. dogs. We've cloned sheep. But but that's because of the the technology that Doctor Manhattan and Adrian Beach therefore allowed. Like it, it's only because of those characters and their their actions that we have those kinds of technologies. Right, for sure. And but that's that's what I'm saying. The Watchmen world appears to me to be more advanced technologically than our own. Somebody used a pager in this. They used a pager was it yeah. uh was it uh looking glass? I think it was Sister Night. Yeah, they have pagers and not cell phones. But that might be a security and tracking thing too. Hmm, I don't know. I don't think so. My po- I guess my my point being there is, uh, to to Sean's uh thing about the uh the intrinsic field and whether or not people would still be trying it, maybe culture is only just now at a point where they can try again. I see. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Uh, either way, I don't even know what that has to do with racism. And so I'm not clear on. Uh, Sean, why. it's hard to be a white man in America. That was hilarious. <laughs> Yo, oh my god, wasn't it? Yo, me and Miranda <laughs> cracked the fuck up. We were dying. <laughs> oh man, this is the perfect show for this time, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But hold on. They become blue. They're not even white anymore. It's not hard to be a blue man in America. <laughs> the blue man group is doing great. <laughs> you guys ever see that show? No. It's tremendous. I highly recommend it. <laughs> I'll never see it. Um, no, really, dude. It's tremendous. <laughs> only if Dr. Manhattan's in it. So, but 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 yeah, like, why can't Kane and Judd and everyone else do this intrinsic field generator stuff behind the scenes and just not even involve themselves in race relations? I don't see why they would even do this. Because the whole point is race relations like that's the whole motivation that they want to even out the balance or whatever presumably just like eradicate black people that makes not even a problem anymore the eradication of black people makes sense but what doesn't make sense i'm just kidding but what doesn't make sense (laughs) is uh like you could have that goal but just be behind the scenes about it like why why go to Tulsa? Why lead a race group? Why like why not just say, okay, I'm gonna do this, no one's gonna know who I am, and in ten years I'm gonna be God, and then I'm gonna kill everybody that's not white. Because these are regular supervillains. They haven't done this yet thirty five minutes ago. No no no, but but they've they 
they were doing it behind the scenes. Like the only reason that this sort of started up again was because um, Will came in to try to defeat the Cyclops and kill Judd. Had Judd not died, sure there was an, an uh, a cop who got killed because of the um, uh, because of one of the the, the seven the cavalry. cavalry was there. But that was because they had been operating behind the scenes, and this guy just happened to be, you know, trigger happy. I guess like, they they had been up until a superhero came in and tried to save, try to stop them. You're right, but what does that have to do with Keen? He inserted himself for no reason. But he had been inserted. Yeah, he's been in it. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, you guys are absolutely right. But I'm saying like behind the scenes, yes, he's involved. But why come out on Front Street? Why come and say, hey, I'm going to be at the funeral. I'm going to invite Lori. Why, like, why not just not involve yourself publicly? I just, I don't really. Oh, I, arrogance. Well, that and keeping it close to the chest because something had already happened. Like, like the, 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 they didn't go out into public. They got outed because of Will. But that, that, none of that, that part wasn't intentional. The, part, yeah. the intentional part was keeping Lori and people who would otherwise investigate close and also think he's a senator like he wants votes all the time like hmm. that's if, right. if, if he didn't come out and say oh this is terrible that we have this racist group like he would be hmm. removed from office instantly like he has to play the broader population because i don't think the majority of people are cavalry and right race hate groups like i think the majority right. aren't like that I also think with making himself a target at the funeral, it gives him an excuse to also go undercover. Mm. And what I mean by undercover is be under protection. Mm. Yeah. All right. I'll 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 uh, concede the point. I just I need to know a little bit more about what how Keen got involved in this and the outset mm. and everything to really feel fully convinced. I, I mean guess, his. But. It's the generation thing again. Like right. his grandfather was in it. My grandpappy father. was the the most racing, racistest, <laughs> and tootin', rootin', tootin' cowboy in all Texas. And you better believe I'm gonna carry on his legacy. That's what I got to defend my family's legacy of racism. That you joke, but yeah, that's kind of the point of this show. That's, yeah. No, that wasn't a joke. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> it it um, almost hit a little too close to home. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the only other thing we really didn't touch on too much is what's going on with Adrian Veidt and the, you know, the trial, which lasted 365 days somehow. Yeah. Which significantly puts into question the timeline of those scenes and how much time has really passed mm. that since we've been watching these scenes because earlier on there are these anniversaries right and i interpreted that to be like new clones who just were doing it like oh yes. it's, it's right but now i think that actually was showing us the passage of years. Yep. That's what I think as well. So that's a little weird. And then now, 365 days of this trial that ends in him being guilty, 
and him not even defending himself. Um, and they refer to him as master all throughout this process. So I had a few thoughts and I was, I'm dying to know what you guys think as well. Either he did this to himself, which seems like it's pretty likely. Dr. Manhattan did this to him, but made him the master of his own prison in a way. Um, or this is actually not happening. And this is hap- this is mine or something like mm. that. Because he's guilty. He feels guilty. You can tell. Can he? I thought so. I thought with this with this episode, he seemed to f- He didn't resist in any way the notion that he was guilty of the crimes of, of the murder of millions of people. And I could easily see a scenario where a guy like that, um, you know, yeah, he saved the world and stuff like that, but I could see him feeling very uh, ashamed of all this murder that he committed, especially when, yeah, the world seems to be in a better place, but, you know, those people are never coming back. Uh, and there's people that are dealing with this trauma forever. You're applying a very normal person logic to it, though. He's not. Like, he was convinced from the start that he is saving yes. humanity. Yes, for sure. I think, yeah, I think the the murders that happened in, in New York, uh, he had long, long ago justified um, before he ever pulled the trigger. Do you guys think that the judge slash the groundskeeper looks like anybody? I can't place him. I've been, I've been trying to every time he pops up. I think he might be one of the boy clones. Oh he yeah. Has the, yeah. He, he has the facial structure. So I think maybe you could be right, Sean, that the, one of the theories that it is he's doing it all to himself because he likes mm. the game of pretending that he's... Uh, I don't even know. Like, how do you describe that? It's like, he, it's like he's punishing himself for something that maybe we don't... I, I, I don't know what it, I don't know what it, what it would be for. It could just be his own prison. If it is... Then he's just punishing himself for something he's done that he's found himself was so reprehensible. I don't. I don't think a man like Adrian Veidt punishes himself. Mm. Um, unless, unless Doctor Manhattan has made him. So we, do it. we, uh, no, I don't think. I don't. I, I will put my foot down. I don't think a man like Adrian Veidt punishes himself. I think everything he does, he does with calculated reason and logic mm. and. It's well thought through and justified long before he ever does it. I do think, and I we we brought this up. I think I think I think this is Sean's primary theory from uh, last episode. I think, uh, or the, the last time we talked about Ozymandias. I think, I do think this habitat was was where Manhattan went after the book. And I think I I kind of think the the judge game warden. I wonder if he might be the original uh, human life that Manhattan created, and he was placed in charge or took charge uh, in the society that Vate built on in this habitat. And I guess to that, he would have the power to, let's say, create a river and or a lake full of babies that grow <clears throat> and have the technology where you can microwave them into adulthood. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 all over the place with it. You know, I came away from the episode feeling that this was some kind of, you know, forced uh, situation to either make him feel guilty or, um, you know, he himself reliving his guilt or whatever, punishing himself. But it could go so many different ways. Um, but I, I, I'm at the point with this whole Adrian situation where unless something major happens... This will have been a waste of 10 minutes every week. Yes, because I agree. nothing we're seven issue seven issues, seven episodes deep and there hasn't been a single thing that has taken place to advance the story or his character as it relates to these scenes. Mm. And if you guys are right and he doesn't even feel guilt or remorse about anything he's done, then what are we watching? There's no character progression. There's no heat there. The escape? To what end? He could have just not... We could have just not known about it. What's the fun in that? <sighs> yeah, but I, I don't know. <laughs> like, it just feels like a sequence every week that we sit through that's like, oh, what's going on? But then nothing happens. Right, and... it's, not pay- it's not paying off. I, I, think, I think this is the thing... This is the thing that they're going to make us wait on. Uh, yeah. Be this the season finale, be this, you know, the thing that brings us from season one to season two. I think this is going to be the thing that, you know, has us asking questions until they're ready to, you know. And 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 given what we know of, about the show, it's not wholly surprising to me that in the in the the same vein of Watchmen where Ozymane Diaz was the key to it all or whatever and even Dr. Manhattan is a minor player Ozymane Diaz will eventually be the head of the whole thing so Damon Lindelof has said that the Ozzy stuff will eventually converge with everything else Mm. so for sure, we will get some kind of an answer, and it will involve everything else that's that's going on in Tulsa. So that's reassuring on some level. But I, 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 I'm at the point, and this could change, but I'm at the point where even when that happens, I will still feel like the rest of this stuff was a waste of time. But we'll see. Hmm. Now, I have a, a theory, and it's another wacky one. Uh, but it doesn't relate to to Doc, or to Ozzy. It actually relates to Lady True. She was asked by Angela when she said, "Oh, Beyond's my my mom." She said, "Well, where's your father?" And Lady True said, "Oh, he'll be here soon." I'm wondering if Doctor Manhattan's not her dad. Oh my God, that's what Mariana said, and I don't I don't get it. I I don't understand. So she is obviously from. Uh, 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 Vietnam. We know that Doctor Manhattan spent time there during the war. It's possible that her mother had a relationship with Doctor Manhattan that birthed her, and that she's planning to reunite them uh, to have her family together. It 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 it's it's not. I'm not saying that. Um, so she's obviously a genius. She's at the forefront of advancing technology. She's the smartest character on the show by a mile. 
I don't think that that's because of her parentage. I don't think that's, if I'm right, of course, I don't think that Dr. Manhattan being her dad means that she's going to be this smart. But I I wouldn't rule out it having something to do with that. And there's some sort of connection, I think, um, there. Because the way she spoke about him, there was almost like a hidden emotion towards him. Whether that was a disdain or something. I felt something there. Sorry, you fr- you phrased that weird originally. So you okay. think Dr. Manhattan is her father? Yes. Okay. Uh, and I would like to retract my exclamation. Uh, I, I remembered incorrectly. She said that Adrian Bates was Beyonce's uh, father, which would uh, which would account for, or sorry, was uh, Lady True's father, which would account for her super intellect. I see. That could also be possible. Uh, she does revere him. We know that. We saw yeah, that in an earlier episode. But she also bought his company and. I, they've they've had interactions before to where I feel like that would be maybe more of a known thing. Sure. I wonder if maybe if Lady True or uh, Beyond or Lady True's mother as Beyond whoever <laughs> if Doctor Manhattan is Lady True's father and. Ozymandias knew about it he would probably use that connection to get to Manhattan on some level mm. so if if he thinks if he thinks in in any form or fashion that being uh, in league with uh, Lady True will get him uh an audience will say with Manhattan because she is so smart. It 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 tracks that he would give her absolutely everything she needs to make that happen. I see. Interesting. And and what's what what's also compelling about that is for our listeners who also read Doomsday Clock, you'll know that uh, in that book, Ozzy had a very similar goal of getting the attention of Doctor mm-hmm. Manhattan. Obviously, it goes down in a much different way, but, you know, it's a very similar thing. And uh, I feel that Doomsday Clock and this television show have crossed paths in certain ways uh, in the past as well. So that wouldn't surprise me too much if his goal involved getting the attention of him. And by the way, in the episode where he gets free, where Ozzy gets free, he, he, he writes or he uses the bodies and the body parts of the clones to send a message, uh, to, to ask for help. And we don't know exactly who he was trying to reach out to, but it stands to reason that it was Dr. Manhattan. So oh. it, it was seen by a satellite. We do, I, we do know that. I thought that that was him pretending to be Dr. Manhattan on the moon, sending a message to Earth that they have to go and try and get him or something. Whoa. Because huh. it, it would be, like, why would it say help me when Dr. Manhattan is, well, before this episode we thought that he was on the moon. Mars. Mars. Mars, yes. But we saw, we saw uh, when Ozzy gets free, mm-hmm. we can see that that's Jupiter. Right. Uh, I think so he timed it. Jupiter. I think he just timed it with 
to get that satellite picture. Yeah, that's also what I think. Yeah. How would he have? How, hmm, interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. Because he's fucking Ozymandias, huh? Right, man. <laughs> you can you can map that out. Sure. Uh yeah, that's that's another one of my theories. We'll bank that. Uh, there are so many things that people are speculating about online. Obviously, we've speculated about a lot of things here. I love that this show has depth to it, but it also allows for so many theories and things of that nature as well. Um, you can just watch it from so many different angles, and you can hear from this conversation alone that that there is so much to mine with this show. And so I'm a little bummed that it's about to end. We've got two more episodes. We still need to see what's up with Will and Looking Glass. I'm so glad that he is still alive. We know that much. Yeah. We know that much. He might be my favorite character. Might be. It's a hard might, but I like him a lot. That doesn't surprise me. You don't? No. Why is that? I don't know. Because I do. He's a bit of a... He seems like a bit of a slimy guy. I I don't know. (laughs) Interesting. We're talking about the same guy? Yeah. That's that's interesting. He came across a stand-up to me, but... um... Stand-up if if, uh, neurotic, I would say. He's obviously, you know, a little nuts, but hey... Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Aren't we just <laughs> living in a society? Literally, yes. All right, so I think we'll we'll wrap up here. Episode 8 is just a few days away. I find myself counting down the days until a new episode of this show drops. Um, we'll be back next week to cover whatever craziness Damon Lindelof and co. decide to drop on us. PSA for you guys, if you love the music of this show... The second volume of the soundtrack has actually dropped. Personally, I didn't like it as much as the first one. It includes the score from the last three-ish episodes. Mm. uh, And a lot of it is inspired by the nostalgia trip that uh, Angela takes. So a lot of jazz, swing music, stuff like that. So if you like that kind of stuff, definitely give it a listen. Yeah. All right. Yes. Uh, And of course, if you like this episode of our show... Uh, Make sure that you guys leave us a like on your platform of choice. We really appreciate that. Any support that you can give us is very, very um, appreciated. And if you want to hear more from us, normally we do a weekly podcast about comics, about comic book movies, all that kind of jazz. Um, This kind of analysis is something that you can regularly catch on our weekly podcast, which drops every single Monday. So... With that, we are going to take off, and we thank you guys for listening. Take care, guys. Watch you next week. <laughs>